0: We're going down to the river. go to Numbers, the 20th chapter. I want to say hey to all my friends. I got a lot of friends in this room, people I love. You helped lead this church, and it means so much. And then your secret sauce, that's what I call her, Sister Spikes. Come on, somebody. Amen. When when y'all ain't looking, I'm going to offer her a job. I'm telling you right now. We're going to pay her more than y'all pay her. We're going to let her cook more than y'all let her cook. We're going to do some fun stuff. But I know she ain't going anywhere. Numbers 20, I want to read a few verses of Scripture and give you a little background for this message. Um, the Lord told me to preach this, and it made me really a little terrified because I'm like, God, I'm trying to understand what you're saying here. Um, I've got some, some of my best messages of the year i could preach and try to make everybody at the river like me a little more but that's not the way god usually uses me so i'm not surprised but i feel like i've got a word for the congregation and for some of you individually but i think as a whole as a church body and i want to speak it numbers 20 verse 2 it says now there was no water for the congregation And they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and the people quarreled with Moses and said would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into the wilderness that we should die here both we and our cattle all of our possessions why why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place. It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates. And there is, say this part with me, no water to drink. You see, sometimes in the journey, when God is taking you to where he's taking you, you have to pass through places. Some people turn back and go back where they came from when they have to pass through dry places. Now that's not the people who make it. And so I wanna warn everybody because in this room is some new believers. And I love a church that has new believers. And I wanna tell you, when you first get saved, it's like your spiritual honeymoon. But then you gotta pass through dry places you got to go through seasons where you don't feel like God was faithful, where you don't feel like it worked out like it was supposed to work out, and you feel like giving up. And it is in those moments that I want you to know that you can get your nourishment from Jesus Christ. I want to preach on the simple subject, water from the rock. Water from the rock. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help me preach, God. Help me to say your words without any of my words, only yours. I pray, God, that you make this place feel what you want for them and believe it today. And may we leave today believing everything that you have planned for us and no longer believing any lie that the enemy implanted in our minds. From this day forward, we speak life, and we believe that there'll be water from the rock no matter how dry the season is. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe God's going to do something in this place, would you put your hands together and give him a praise one more time? You may be seated. In the journey from where we are to where God wants us to be, you're going to have to go through some confusing times, some difficult times. And disappointing times. But you got to learn, especially if you're new to this, but even if you've been here a while, you got to remind yourself. You got to keep watching what God is doing. A lot of times we're judging situations before God is finished. We're judging relationships before God's done with them. When we first get married, there's issues. I'm going to say that again. When we first get married... Some of you are like, we didn't amen you because we've been married a long time and we still have issues. You're going to go through stuff. You're single, you're going to go through stuff. One of the biggest humors of being a pastor is sitting down with married people who no longer want to be married and single people who are begging to be married. And it cracks me up because there's always going to be something. But I have learned to keep watching what God is doing, to keep having faith, not to judge something before it's time. Believe it or not, I am college educated. You can't tell by much about me, but I am college educated. And I remember I had an experience on college campus. I had come out of one of my classes, and there in the middle of what we call the quad, this big beautiful area with trees and places to sit, where all the buildings empty out of, and a lot of times people hang out. One of the most beautiful places on the campus is called the Quad. I look across, and the Nichols cheer team is going to town. And there's this one particular little sassy girl, skimpily dressed. And look, I was in no place at the time to judge, but I chose to judge anyway. She had her little sports bra thing on and tight, tight shorts, and she just thinks she owns the whole place. And I just remember walking out of there and just looking at that thinking, this is pathetic. And I remember while I was judging them that the Holy Spirit, I could feel something inside of me, almost like a giggle. I can't explain it. Almost like the Holy Ghost was laughing at me when I was judging this cheerleader. Fast forward five or six years later, I now know why. Because I married her. Sometimes you just don't know what God's going to do, and you got to keep on watching to see what God's going to do. Right now, it looks silly to you, but one day, God's going to make it all make sense. I'm talking to somebody who knows what it's like to get through a tough time to say, you know what? My God was faithful the whole time. I wish I would have kept my mouth shut. I wish I would have praised Him. I wish I would have trusted Him. God's not finished yet. Slap your neighbor and say, this is pretty good for a Cajun. (laughs) You got to keep watching. So I, I was doing something that all people of God should do the other day. I was playing golf. And I'm telling you, this really happened. I was playing one of the best rounds I have ever played. For those of you who play golf, I was under par somebody near you doesn't know what that means after the service explain it to them but I was killing it I was doing amazing and I get to a par three and I yank a shot and it's nowhere near where I was trying to hit it and I was frustrated because I was doing so good and I messed up and while I'm walking to my ball I feel that same little tinkle tingle not tinkle tingle That's, we're live, aren't we? That's okay. I felt something that wasn't a tinkle, that was a tingle. That same little impression, what the Holy Ghost does, when he does to me. And when I felt it, I knew what was about to happen. I said, God, you're about to let me chip this shot in the hole, aren't you? Because I feel it. Because it's the same feeling I felt when I was looking at my wife and didn't even know it. I felt an unction of the Holy Ghost. So I get on the ball and I hit it. But I was aiming to the right because the green sloped to the left. But I yanked it and it went the wrong way. But I kept looking at it. And the ball literally went the opposite direction it was supposed to and went in the hole. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me in that moment and said, You gotta keep watching. So I came all the way from Thibodeau, Louisiana. You got stuff going against you, you got stuff that is working against your family, your ministry, your finances. But you have no idea what God's about to do. You just got to keep watching. God's not finished yet. Can you take a little praise break right now and just let the enemy of your soul know God's not finished yet? I feel something in this place. So the people of Israel hit this place where there's no water. It's a difficult season. They're not going to make it unless God does something. This is not a small thing. This is a big thing. It's not a small thing when God is nowhere to be found and you can't hear his voice. And that's where these people were. They were in a dry place. And we start learning a critical thing. How are we going to act when things get hard? Because I want to tell you, River, things do get hard sometimes. I'm excited about what God is doing with the expansion of the church. I'm excited what God is doing in some of your lives. Enjoy this moment. But I want to preach to you for when you hit those hard times. For when you wonder why this person backslid and when you wonder why this person is gossiping about you and when you wonder why you don't feel God in your prayer closet, I just want to remind you these seasons happen to good people. Because I feel like the enemy uses these seasons to get people to turn away from God and to stop being faithful. But I'm telling you, good churches are made from people who show up even in the dry seasons. They worship even in the dry seasons. They pay tithe and offering even in the broke seasons. They get behind the preacher even when they don't like the message. They worship even when they don't like the song. Why? Because we're just those kind of people. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm just that kind of Christian. But this congregation, they were different. They they begin to rebel against Moses because rebellious people that's what they do when they get hard they turn on the leadership they turn against the leadership but I have learned that people who turn against leadership are usually not for God God is never going to defend somebody criticizing leadership If I were you, if somebody starts gossiping about any leader at the river ever, get away from them. Let them know from the beginning, you telling the wrong person. Me and my house, we belong to the river, we belong to the Lord, and we don't ever talk about our leader. Oh, I thought I'd get more amens than that. I'm telling you right now, the enemy would love to just stir some trouble. But what I feel in this room is the people who understand God has anointed a man of God. And wherever he says we're going, we're going with him. Do I have a witness in this place? But I've been around long enough to know that there are different kinds of people. Some of us struggle with submission more than others. But this has happened in the Old Testament. It happened in the New Testament. We see where God told Samuel, he said, these people have not rejected you. They've rejected me. These people thought that they understood something, but they don't. Now, it's about to get tight in here for a little bit, but it's okay. Slap your neighbor and say, we're going to get through this together. Because I want to hit some stuff because I feel like I've been preaching here long enough where I could get away with a little more. We're going to find out. But you always have these hard heads who think they know better than everybody else. This was the people in the Old Testament who were following Moses. They always got afraid when things got hard and fear tormented them. And instead of moving forward in faith, because faith is always forward and whole, and fear is always past-oriented and broken. Fear always makes us want to look back at something of the past and project negativity to the future. But faith says I have seen my God take me this far through all kinds of hell and high waters. This same God who took me to this point is the same God that's going to take me forward. And I want to preach to somebody today who said I'm not going to get weighed down by negative, critical, unsubmitted people. We're going to be the kind of people who have faith and forward and get behind our leader and get under our God and believe the promises that he has for us droughts i want to talk to somebody who's going through something right now droughts are not indicators that something is wrong droughts are in opportunities to test to see where you get your water they do not mean the enemy will tell you oh they're diagnosed with something they must have sin in their life oh they lost their job they must be bad christians what kind of doctrine is that? Read the Bible. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. Just because you're going through something right now doesn't mean you're not right with God. It means it's a God opportunity for him to show you how right he is in your life. Can we go a little deeper? The waters were Meribah. Or quarreling. They, these were troubled waters. These were indicators. You're going to see this in your marriage, in your ministries, in the church when you're moving forward. And God wanted me to, to give this to you because I believe that where the river's going, I believe there'll be outside attacks. I believe people going to be jealous of what God's doing in this place. And they're going to want to come against ministry. And they're going to want to tell you, don't go to that church because of this and because of that. And, and why you got to always do this and why you got to always do that. Let me tell you what's happening. The enemy's getting scared because God's taking more and more territory. I don't believe it stops here. I believe it bleeds in the Hammond and bleeds in the Baton Rouge and bleeds in the. Who am I preaching to? I feel the anointing of the Lord saying, this is just the beginning of a breakthrough all around this area. I refuse to believe any attack, any lie that comes against us. It's troubled water. It's going to happen. Panic is the emotion of the fearful. But joy is the emotion and the condition of the faithful. Joy comes from being in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. I feel like God is calling some of you into a deeper prayer journey. Where the prayer closet is occupied on Monday. Because I'm going to tell you. I really believe that God's church is trying to expand outside of Sundays and bleed into Monday through Saturdays where we see miracles in our living room, where we baptize people in swimming pools and where people get the Holy Ghost in our kitchen and in coffee shops. I'm telling you, there's a revival that's breaking out of the building and you're going to have to expand this building anyway. That's what I'm believing for you. But that's the kind of thing that God is doing. Fear isn't our leader. Faith is our leader. So you have an opportunity as a believer as to what you're going to believe. Because the fear makes you want to panic and it makes you want to say, this will happen. This won't happen. If you've ever raised kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You just wonder, are they going to make it? Are they going to be able to get a job? Who are they going to marry? All I see is crazy people. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Where are they going to go to school? There are no good schools. What's going to happen? There's a temptation to panic over everything. What's going to happen with the elections? What's going to happen with the economy? What's going to happen with our finances and inflation and the job and all these things? What's going to happen? That's the enemy trying to get you to cave during the drought. And so when you come to these waters you got to decide what to do. Verse 6, Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meetings and fell on their face, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. He's saying during the dry spout, I wanna show you what men and women of God do. They got on their face and they sought the Lord. God is calling his church back into the element of prayer because we're kind of getting to a place as a whole, as a global church, where we have a strategy for everything. But we're entering seasons where strategies won't work, only miracles. And we need people who know how to get on their face and fast and pray until something happens because what I feel in my spirit is that some people are gonna need healings from cancer. They're gonna need healings from divorce. They're gonna need healings from addiction, but it's gonna take a people who will get on their face and say, Jesus, we don't know how to do it, but we know you, and we turn to the rock for our water. And so he said, speak to the rock. The rock, and from the rock, water will flow. What he was telling us, he says, you have a rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ." The Old Testament says that rock was Jesus. And so he was trying to tell us something, that Jesus is always with us. And in the dry seasons, you can speak to Jesus, and from it, water would flow. I feel something brewing right now. I hope you can feel it. Because what it's saying is, is your water is locked up until your mouth speaks to it. Until you say something to the rock, you won't know what water can come from the rock. And I'm going to tell you, that whole congregation got water in a place they should have never had water. But they didn't do it right. Moses got frustrated at the people. And he struck the rock twice. And water did come out of it. But he didn't get to go into the promised land. Because he didn't want him to strike the rock. He wanted him to speak to the rock. And because he struck struck that rock twice, it was like crucifying Christ twice. You don't need two salvations. You only need one. Are you following me? And so what the enemy wants you to believe is that God can't do it. And he wants you to get so frustrated and so disappointed and so angry and so depressed and so sad that all you are is angry at the church and angry at God and disappointed at life. But I want to preach to somebody today. All you got to do today is determine in your heart that my God's going to give me water from the rock, from this dry place, and you start speaking to it. I wish I had somebody in faith right here, right now, who says, my family's coming back to church. My lost loved ones coming to church. This cancer is not forever. This ministry is about to prosper. Speak to it. I wish you would stand to your feet right now and say something to your enemy and say something to your future. I need you to speak to the rock. Speak to it. What do you have to say about it? What are you going to say about what the enemy's doing? You can be seated. I'm not done. What you say is an indicator to what's going on in your heart. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, For verily I say unto thee, that whatsoever you say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, Did you catch that? If you speak to the mountain and you don't doubt in your heart, but shall believe in those things that you say, it shall come to pass. And he shall have whatsoever he... Whatever you say without doubt, it's going to happen. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) Whatever you say without doubt it's gonna happen (laughs) whatever you say without doubt it's gonna happen I'm gonna try it in the cheap seats whatever you say without doubt it's gonna happen let me show you how it works I believe God's gonna pay off this building I don't have a doubt about it. I believe God's going to raise up preachers and missionaries and men and women of God who reach this community. I don't have a doubt about it. I believe God's going to raise up worship leaders and Bible study teachers and kids' church teachers. I don't have a doubt about it. I believe people are going to get healed in the name of Jesus. We're going to get water from the rock. I wish somebody would say so. You gotta say it without doubting. You gotta speak to it. I believe our children will no longer backslide. They're gonna stay in church their entire lives. Say it and don't doubt it. You have to say it without doubting. But the dryness makes you want to doubt. But you got to go to the rock, who is Jesus Christ. And you got to say, Jesus, the devil said we don't have water. But I believe you have water for us. And water's going to start flowing from that rock. Can I go a little further? When you speak, it is a testimony to the spirit world. What you have chosen to believe. Listen to me because I really feel like prophetically, y'all are gonna have to buy into this for where God is taking you. Because if you think you just make a plan and it goes according to that plan, you hadn't been doing this long enough. God will say one thing and then everything goes against it. And it is in those moments you have to choose what you really believe in your heart. I choose faith over fear. Now, that's not natural for me. I am naturally a fearful, negative person without God. You'd never know that, because God healed me. But my son said, when he was watching a ball game with me the other day, that I am negative. I kept saying LSU was going to lose to Arkansas. I know. You know why I tend to say that LSU's going to blow it? Because they usually blow it. That's why. Getting it right one out of ten times doesn't make me a believer. But we got to be careful because when we come in the church, we can't look at our problems and speak the negativity because we've looked at our past at failures and circumstances. We got to start looking to the rock because I'm telling you, I have never seen the rock lose one battle, but you got to speak it. Shout it with me. Say, I choose faith. You have to choose faith. Over fear. Because fear is going to torment you. The Bible says fear will torment you. And there is something you love dearly in your life that the enemy will come after. It, he'll come after your children. He'll come after your ministry. He'll come after whatever you, you need for stability. He'll come after it. But I'm teaching you right now, and I hope you're just believing the simple truth, that when you choose to have faith, It defeats everything the enemy has planned for you. Paul said it like this. He was teaching the Ephesians. He was teaching them. In the sixth chapter, he was teaching them the armor of God. And he said, I need you to have the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Has anybody seen fiery darts before? I mean, so, some of your people have seen fiery darts. I think they knew what I was speaking metaphorically. But I have never physically seen a fiery dart pass through somebody. I have never. And if you have, we have counseling here at the river for those sorts of things. So what is he talking about when he says, you've got to defend the fiery darts with faith? Because he knows where you're vulnerable. And so he's gonna shoot a thought. It's the only thing he could be possibly talking about in this moment. He's gonna shoot a thought, but he doesn't know if it landed until you open your mouth. So when you say, oh, this is not gonna work out, that's not gonna work out, the enemy's like, we hit him, we got him. It worked. My wife is this and my wife is that. We got them. We got them. She's going to get them next, but we got them that time. Oh, pastor, we got to do this. We got to do that. Got them. So if that's how the enemy knows when he gets us, how does the spirit world know when God's got your heart? When you got a word from God, because the enemy has no clue what God is doing in your life, until you step up on a dry place and start talking about the rock of your salvation. Now, he thought you were going to lose, but all of a sudden you start saying, my Jesus is more than able to do anything, to do it above, exceedingly and above anything that we ask. All of a sudden the enemy says, no, no. The word of God got them. The word of promise got them. And now they're speaking life. We can't get them anymore. God, I wish I had somebody in here. You got to say something to your enemy. You got to say something that tells the atmosphere God is in control. Would you stand to your feet and take a praise break right now? Speak to it. Your mouth is your weapon. Say something to your enemy. God gave me a word. He said to say this over the congregation. He gave me this word for somebody in our congregation, and he reminded me of it and wanted me to speak this over you. He took me to the situation of Lazarus where Lazarus was dead. You have to understand, Jesus said, That this sickness was not unto death. But then Lazarus died. What do you do when it looks like what God said didn't come to pass? What I'm telling you is, God is not done yet. I'm speaking to some dead things in some people's lives, some relationships you've given up on. I see a young man somebody's been praying for, and you're just about tempted to give up. But I want to remind you, this sickness is not unto death. The Word of God has the ability to go into a grave and lift somebody up who's been dead too long to be lifted up. But I'm prophesying over somebody. God's Word can lift up somebody who's been dead a long, long time. God, would you lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Father, fall on this place. Do miracles, God. Don't let us complain, Lord, because of the bitter water. I feel healing in this place. This sickness is not unto death. This sickness is not unto death. Pastor Josh, I hope this is okay. I know it's different, and I apologize. But I just feel like There's somebody here I want to minister to because God wants to minister to you. I would love to flood the altars, but that's not what God is telling me to do. There's some people in here. If every head would bow, every eye would close. There's some people in here you've been hurting. And I don't even know that you've had the courage to even tell people the extent of your pain. And I just feel like God wants me to pray for you. Because you're coming out of depression and sadness today, and God's going to heal you. If you would have the humility and courage to walk up here, I think God's going to heal you, and I just believe it with all of my heart. If you would walk up here, you may be by yourself, but you're going to have to have the courage. Just walk up here. There's healing for you in the name of Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. I'm telling you, there's healing for you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus that God would touch you today. God cares about every need, every tear you've ever shed. No thing you've ever gone through have you gone through alone. God is with you. He's for you. Everything the enemy has tried to do to destroy you, it will not work. God is healing. God is healing. Strength is coming to you. Strength is coming. We're going to.